All right, and hola, 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 and welcome to Ayuda, I Failed Spanish. This podcast is for all you guys who tanked Spanish class. It is dedicated to all of the fun elements of teaching Spanish. I am Jameson, your new virtual Spanish teacher. Join me as we try our darndest to teach Michael or Miguel as much conversational Spanish as we can in just one summer. Last week, we got a sense of where Michael is with his Spanish. Remember, we're focusing on getting him as conversational as we can. Not too worried on the grammar, want to know that he can actually communicate. Michael studied Spanish here and there throughout high school and now wants to focus on learning to speak it in his life. His goal is to travel to Mexico this year, so the pressure is on. Vamanos. All right, Michael. Hola. How are we doing? Hola. Uh, muy bien, y tú? Muy bien, gracias. Uh, bueno, el episodio pasado, tú y yo hablamos de las introducciones. So last week we talked about our introductions. I want to do a little recap with you, see what we got. Um, let's have a basic conversation, yeah? Okay. Okay. Think about some of the phrases that we talked through last time, and mm. I'm going to prompt you a bit as much as I can. So, okay. hola, como te llamas? Hola, me llamo Miguel. ¿Y tú? Bueno, me llamo uh, Jameson. Bueno, ¿qué tal? Um, nada. 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 Uh, el, uh, ese, esta, mm -hmm. episodio. 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 Sí, yeah. Excelente. Uh, what was the, and that's great. That's exactly what we talked about last time on saying, how do you respond to a que tal, which is our neutral one. What is the what's up? that we talked about that's pretty common in Mexico? Um, the new one? Or yeah. the, the really common one? Like que pasa? Not que pasa, the one that's specific to Mexico. It's que onda? Only, que onda. Yeah, what wave? Yeah, what wave? Uh, yeah. I love it. that one. So just as a recap for you, what can I do with my introductions to make them a bit formal? If I'm going to speak to like a boss or a teacher, um, you put moi in front of the adjective. Yeah, 100%. So we have instead of like buenos dias, I could go muy buenos dias. Right. Okay. And on the inverse of that, if I want to go super casual with people, I can, instead of saying buenos dias, I can just walk up and say buenos. 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 Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's varying degrees of formality. And so if it's. Sorry. No, if take it's it away. one person, do you say buenos? If it's a group of people, do you say buenos? Yeah, for both. Cool. Mm -hmm. What if it was a group of people that you respect or that you want to impress? Would you say muy buenos? You kind of want to be respectful, but also chill? Yeah. So the way, good question. The way that I look at it is I'm only going to use buenos, the word buenos by itself, if I am with a group of friends or with somebody that's super casual, like one okay. person, multiple people. I'm going to say buenos dias. If I'm talking with people I don't really know, and then I would go muy buenos dias with a group or an individual that I want to be very respectful and formal with. Muy bueno. Muy bueno. Sí. Gracias. Muy bien. De nada. Uh, all right. So we talked a little bit about introductions. We learned a little bit about some culture. 
we did our juego de vocabulario, our vocab game. Do you hmm. remember any of the words that we covered last week? Hmm. Tatuaje. Which is? Tattoo. Killing it. Okay. That's, oh, I used one of them. Uh, Julie just put the the notes in front of me. I used one throughout the entire weekend. Um, Did you really? Yeah. Agua, agua con gas. Yes. Um, we had a lot of agua con gas, which is basically seltzer. What are your, water. so you guys like seltzer? Because for me, it is not my favorite thing. But if I'm trying to like be very cleansing and detox or whatever, I'll drink seltzer water all the time because it gets me full. Are you guys big agua con gas people? We are, but it it's presentation is everything. Because mm-hmm. like we got a we got a seltzer maker, and it's uh, not muy bueno all the time. Do you guys um, use SodaStream? Yeah, that's what we use. That's what I have. I like it. I also I like use it, it like once every month. Well, the amount of tonic that I prefer is extra. Oh yeah, yeah. It could be agua con gas or agua mineral, like mineral water as oh. well. But I hear agua con gas a whole bunch. And then agua de tap would be like tap water. Tap water. Yeah. So you would say agua de mineral for mineral water. Just agua mineral. Agua mineral. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mineral water. Agua mineral. Water from the tap is agua de tap. And then agua con gas is water with gas. Hey, Jameson. Yeah. This weekend, I was I caught myself thinking in Spanish, like, um, you know, just about our lesson and thinking about certain phrases and I would get kind of mixed up or I would like genuinely call certain things by their Spanish name, like just because yes. I was trying to think <laughs> about it, like salt, sal. Yeah, I was just like, you know, messing around with stuff like that. And the more I did it, like agua con gas, it, it kind of became its own thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about water with gas that is seltzer water in english i'm just mm-hmm. like agua con gas is like its own thing and it's cool to just like have it be that oh it's one of my favorite parts uh one it shows that your fluency is increasing especially if you like start to dream in spanish people say mm. uh that it's a good sign of fluency increase uh but when you realize that language like hola doesn't necessarily mean hello it means hola so when we can embrace the fact that agua con gas doesn't mean water with gas it's just agua con gas but you know that the two are equivalent that's showing one understanding of the language two embracing the culture and three that you actually get spanish you know (laughs) (laughs) Your neighbor (laughs) picked a perfect time to straighten up their yard. I am beyond frustrated. And here's the best part. I did listen to what you said. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Best part about this is nobody lives in that house. (laughs) It is an abandoned house. All right. So this week I wanted to talk a little bit about our questions because I feel like when you travel to another country you are as a visitor constantly asking for things whether it's where's the bathroom where's this museum how do you get here who are you where am I all of those things you as a tourist end up being the question asker instead of a question answerer so 
with my little bit of recap for all of you guys, uh, these lessons are meant to support stuff that you already know because you failed Spanish. Michael, you probably learned how to ask a question when you first started Spanish, but I thought it might be helpful to have a bit of a more formal, quick recap on what the formula is for asking a Spanish question because it's often flipped from English. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, my information today... I had a great site called realfastspanish.com who were super helpful and had an awesome explanation. So I want to walk you through kind of what they explain and put it into my own words as well and then let you ask a couple of questions. So number one, we have a Spanish question formula and there are a couple of ways that you can ask questions in Spanish, but we want to think of this as one of the most basic forms for asking a question. And when we do that, it's going to start with your question word. So let's pause for a second. Michael, question words. Do you know any question words in Spanish? Yes. K. Which means? What. Nice. Donde. Which means? Who. Close. Uh, donde uh, está el baño. Where. There we go. Where? Where? I was thinking about what is who, so I could list it next and sound yeah. impressive. <laughs> but I'm struggling to come up with the answer for who. Um, Tienes? Oh, no. I like that one. That's you have. Like, do you have? Do you have? Um, Starts with a Q. Yeah, I don't know. Um, quienes? Yeah, quien or quienes if you're talking about multiple people. Okay, which I prefer. I like people. Yeah, all about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to justify my flaws here, people. Hey, I already said water of the juice. Okay, so let me just run through some of these question words. We have donde, which you got where. Cuando, mm -hmm. when. Cuando. Uh, quien is who. Como is how. And where have we heard como already in our first episode? Como, how. Yeah. Like, como esta? There you go. Como How estas. you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we know que tal can be a question word of just like, what's up? How you doing? Uh, we have que, which is what or which. Mm -hmm. And we have qual, which is what or which. Call? How do you spell? Yeah. Uh, se, u, a, con acento, l. So in English, that would be C-U-A with an accent, L. That's qual. Wow. That's what or... Which. Which, as well as K? Yeah, so you often use qual as which and K as what. But in Spanish, like when we say, like, what's the day today? Like, mm -hmm. qual es la fecha de oil? What's the date today? Instead of saying, what is the date? We are saying, which of all the dates is today? Cool. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then we have porqué. Do you know what porqué is? Um, porqué, like why? Um, Very nice. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's any others that I want to highlight. Oh, cuánto. Like if I say, hey, cuánto cuesta el taco? Cuánto, like how many? Yeah. So when I put it with cuánto cuesta, then I'm asking how much. Cuánto cuesta oh. for sure is a phrase you want to bring with you to Mexico. How do you spell cuesta? Se... Okay. U, E, S, T, A. Thank you. C U E S T A. So, how cuánto much? cuesta? How much? How much does it cost? All right. So, we have our question words, and we're going to start our question with the question word. 
Then I'm going to add, so if we think of it as a formula, we have question word plus our conjugated verb plus the subject. And we can put the subject in parentheses because you don't always need a subject. Like when I say, como estas, there's no subject in there, but you know I'm saying, hey, how are you? Right. Versus, a good example of this, if you are taking notes, cuanto is our question word, cuesta is our conjugated verb of the verb costar, and then if I add el taco, and I have the question cuanto cuesta el taco, my subject is then the taco. So yeah, we have question word, conjugated verb, subject. Which is dope. Oh, hey, here's one thing that you do got to know. In Spanish, we cannot end a question with a preposition. Which okay. is a big switch. And a preposition being something that is like at, in, I'm trying to think. I think it's that whole rhyme Isn't about. Isn't it discouraged in English as well? It is, if you want to sound professional. So do people speak that way or... D- like in in Spanish or Espanol, you know, speaking cult, like cultures, I guess, or do people just not do it at all? I would argue that people just don't do it because, for example, when I say, hey, Michael or Miguel, where are you from? From is my preposition that ends the question, which we accept in English all the time. But in Spanish, okay, right. we're going to have like from first. Yeah. From where from are you? From where are you? De donde right. eres. Yeah, it's yeah. I I like that. I I really like the order of it. I do too. From it seems more it, clear. it's almost like yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we take all that, we put it together. We have our question words. I thought it might be a little bit helpful for you to have like three, three questions that you can bring with you to Mexico that would be super practical, and questions that you can sub out the subject whenever you're trying to ask something different, if that makes sense. Great, it does. So number one, donde esta blank? Donde esta blank? Yeah, and that blank could be, yeah, where is, where are? Where is, are? Uh, And really it would be where is, because we have esta. You can put the letter N next to that after the esta and make it estan, and that is where are. Oh, is it, it's a regular N, no Enye? Not an Enye, just okay. an N, because then we'd have Donde Estanya if it was a tilde. Well, uh, thank you. You're so welcome. But Donde Esta is where is, and we can mm-hmm. throw in El Baño. The bathroom. A classic, La Biblioteca. The library. Exactly. El Restaurante. The restaurant. Mi casa. My house. Mi mujer, my... My wife. <laughs> Donde esta mi mujer? Where is my wife? When Judy's just out having her tacos in Mexico. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have Donde esta and then your location. A classic um, would be Como estas? which I feel like you can use that anytime. Or como esta usted is a really formal way to do that. How are you formally? Formally. Yeah, which we can get into in our next episode. Would I do? Should I be doing that to you instead of just saying, you know, E2? 
It's a good you know, question. Since you're me maestro. Yeah. So when I studied in Sevilla, España, one of my professors explained this concept to us um, specifically for Spain, but I do think that it can be a little bit more universal in the Spanish speaking world. You always use usted, which is the formal you when speaking in Spanish until someone says like, ah, no, llamame tú. Like call me, use tú with me, which is the casual way to say you. So if I, if you're using usted with me all the time and I'm not saying, no, call me tú, keep using usted. But if I say, oh no, Miguel, like llamame tú, call, use tú with me because I'm saying we have a solid relationship and we are friends. But then you keep using usted it could actually be considered super rude because you're then putting up a wall saying like, nope, I'm not looking for that relationship. That's almost like friend zoning a friend. Yeah, it's like formal zoning a friend. You can formal zone a friend. It's like friend friend. It's like friend zone. It's like friend friend zoning. Exactly. And now it doesn't mean that I'm still not like an authority in the classroom if I'm saying to students, yamame too. It just means, hey, we have this connection as a group of us. You don't have to be so formal. Um, all right, so let's recap. Okay. Sentence structure. Michael, walk me through. What is the, if it was a formula, what is the structure of a sentence in Spanish? Or not this, a sentence, a question. A question? Okay. Is the question word, mm-hmm. and then you have the conjugated verb, mm-hmm. followed by, and not always, but sometimes the subject. I love it. And then just to add on to that, you can, if you want to have your preposition, like de donde eres, that preposition is going to go right before your question word. um, Like, um, how do you, can you give me an example? Mm -hmm. So if I'm asking where you're from. Okay. In Spanish, it is de donde eres. So when I look at that, I'm actually dropping the subject. I don't have it there, but I do have my preposition de, from, donde is my question word, where, and then my conjugated verb of ser is eres. So from, where are you? Got it. De, donde eres. All right, so we nailed that. What are five question words that we are on? You want me to generate them? Yeah, list them off. What do you remember? Oh, just the words. Got it. Oh, um, quanto. Which is? How? Do you say quando or quanto? Quanto? Quanto is like quanto cuesta el taco. How many? Nice. Or how much? Love it. All um, right. Donde? Mm-hmm. Where? Yep. Um, como? Como. How? Yep. Dos más. Two more. Donde? Did I already say donde? I did. What have I listed? This is cuanto. Donde? Como? Como si dice? Uh, yeah, no. Go with that one. K. 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 Which is? What? I love it. And one more. Uno más. Who, what, where, when? Did I say when? No. I don't think I've said when. You have not. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> boy. This is it. When. Um, when? Hey, 
when is that happening? Yeah, when? You're so good at um, it in English. I would just love to hear it in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad. If I don't get this, I'm going to be so mad. Oh, cuando. Ex- yeah, see, which sounds just like cuanto, but pronunciation. But with a T. Oh, and that's why you asked me. Did you say that with a T or with a D? Exactly. See, see, see. Oh, my word. All right. So here's a little game I want to do before we go into our word game to wrap it up. Uh, What is one question that you would love to know how to ask in Spanish? And we're going to see how my skills are, which based on the amount of slip ups we've had today is not looking beautiful. Well, here's a, can I have a specifying question? Yeah. So is this like, um, just kind of surface level conversation navigation, Mm -hmm. like trying to get around type of stuff? Yeah. Like what's one thing you can imagine that you need to ask in that first few days in Mexico? Where, oh yeah. Okay. Um, where can I get something to eat? Where can I get something to eat? Okay. Um, which is very similar to where is the restaurant or where is a restaurant? But let's Yeah, that's not a great one. But I mean, it's I don't really know how to say it. Like I couldn't be completely confident, but I know it's not that, you know, aspirational. That's okay. Why don't we just go like, donde puedo comer? Donde puedo comer? Where? Donde puedo comer yeah donde puedo comer for all of you guys donde puedo comer where am i able to eat or like where can i eat okay donde puedo comer or donde puedo comer yeah donde puedo um bebe bebo beber beber donde puedo beber or tomar if you're gonna do like alcohol you might use tomar like Mm, tomar to have to take um yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, Great maybe, job. Maybe one more. Can I try one more? Yeah. Give it a shot. Okay. Um, what do you do? Like kind of like your job, I guess. Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, and in Spanish, I would go with que trabajo tienes? What job do you have? Or donde trabajas is where do you work? Um, so, can, donde trabajas? Love it. Yeah. With that A-S ending, that's a two, that's a U ending. So it's very casual. Cool. Yeah, I wanted to ask more of a question of like, you know, how do you spend your time? But that's a little personal maybe, especially if you're still on an usted level. True. True, true, true. So So would you say like, que trabajo tienes usted or donde trabajas usted? Yeah, so, and if we're going to go with usted, I would drop... It would change from que trabajo tienes to que trabajo tiene usted. Right. Okay. Because those Take conjugations. Usted. And then donde trabaja usted. Usted. Always throw in the usted clearly because it is a respectful way to acknowledge that you're saying like, hey, I see you. I respect you. Donde trabaja usted. So it's not like you just throw it on top. It's like kind of you're making a point to say it. You are, but there's also, and we'll get into this in a soon-to-be-released episode, when you have a verb in Spanish, the trabaja, that A ending in an AR verb, could be where does he work, where does she work, or where do you formally work? So we have to clarify a little bit. Great. Yeah. 
Okay. But we'll walk through that at some point. Right now, if you know those questions, you are good to go. If you can ask a question, you are good to go. Okay. You know what I've learned from this, from doing episode two, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to add reviewing the notes that I've taken and um, yeah. <laughs> listening back to the episodes as well as my work on, um, on Duolingo. Cause I can't just rely on Duolingo like solely anymore. I love it. Well, and ideally this is something that all of you guys that are listening, do your Duolingo use this as a time to brush up on a specific skill in Spanish or a concept, but with the understanding that you still have to use it or lose it, which is one of my big three. Mm -hmm. Um, And using it right now as we're all in quarantine is Duolingo. Great way to do it. Great way to do it. So I love that you're doing all of that. Let's move into one of our new or not new. I guess it is new because this is episode two. Uh, (laughs) one of our games, which is a word game, a vocab game. We talked about last week's words. Here are the words for this week. Uh, we'll start with votar. Votar. Vote. To vote. Killing it. Uh, it's an example of a cognate, pretty much a word. Do you remember what a cognate is? Absolutely not. What if I give you the word coronavirus? is a cognate. It's like a conjugation of two words. Close, kind of, but no. Who's to say? So in English, I say coronavirus. In Spanish, I say coronavirus. Oh, right. The cognate. We learned this last week. Dude, my memory is not as great as I (laughs) thought it was. (laughs) Yep. Okay, good. Very good. It is a word in uh, usually. I mean, you taught me that it's a word in English and in Spanish, but I took it as a word in two different languages that sound similar and mean similar things. Yeah, they sound the same. They look the, or similar. Yeah, they sound similar. It, they look similar, but they mean the exact same thing. And it's not. Is is it Spanish English ex- exclusive? This this word, or could it no. be like Russian Chinese? I know which it works would for never French. Exist? Yeah, <laughs> Russian, Chinese. Uh, anyway, I'd have good. to, yeah, I'd have to look a little bit back on that. I do know that there are like, there are cognates in French and English. Right. Okay, good. I think it's going to have to be like croissant. Well, no, cr- croissant. <laughs> croissant is just a French word that we use <laughs> in our language. <laughs> well, it's become its own thing, its own thing right? Yeah. Croissant. <laughs> Croissant is totally different than croissant. Oh, oh croissant. <laughs> croissant. Killing it. Okay. Word number two. Anyway. We are going to go with respirar. 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 It's a verb. To breathe. Oh my gosh. Two for two. What helped you get that one? Uh, respirate, like yeah. respiration. Yep. Love also, it. it just sounded like a breath. Yeah, it's a nice use. Respirar. Respirar. It sounds like that. Yeah, I love it. Uh, word number three, ejercicio. Ejercicio? Mm-hmm. You love ejercicios. Can I have a spelling of it? Yeah. Oh, we're coming back with your favorite letter. So we have E, J, E, R, C, E, Mm-hmm. C, mm-hmm. E, O. 
ejercicio. Cicio. Mm-hmm. So wow, try that. It really doesn't help to see that. Yeah, I know. I think ejercicio in English would be to exercise. Nice. It is the noun form for an exercise. So el ejercicio is the exercise. Killing it. Great. Uh, three for three. Three for three. And then finally, we're going with something. El campeón. El campeón, sí. Uh, this is something that I would love to have right now, but I am trying to do a detox and a cleanse. So I am uh, not allowed to have this. And the word is helado. El lado. And I'll spell it for you. It is H E L A D O. Helado. Helado. Do you know what letter H is? H. Killing it. But what is a trick? Do you know the thing about H in Spanish? It is silent it is silent so literally all of our listeners if any of you have ever been one of my students you know right now that i am sitting in my apartment as i record saying i swear if you pronounce the letter h it is going to be a bad day horrible number one thing you never do do not pronounce an h in spanish it is silent helado which is why we have hola instead of hola and we have helado instead of helado if you master that in Mexico, you will sound 10 times better than saying, Hola, buenos dias, soy Miguel. Would <laughs> be muy mal. All right, nice. Very, very bad. Yeah, okay, so give me your guess. What is helado? Well, you know what? Because of the nature of this podcast <laughs> being like, I hope that people of all ages are listening. You know, Mm -hmm. that it's not going to be something that's bad and icky like big people drinks that no one, it tastes weird (laughs) and and it smells bad. Ew, but it does kind of sound like something a little more fun or funner depending on where you were raised. And it sounds a little like gelato. Now, if I'm I'm hearing that right, then I'm going to say that gelato in Italian, basically, it just means ice cream. So I'm going to go with my gut and say it means the ice cream. Oh, my gosh. The king is here. (laughs) El campeón. Yes, helado being ice cream. I would love to have it. A summer treat and... Um, shout out to Ben and Jerry's for being a fantastic ice cream company. Yes, C, C, C. All right, before we wrap it up, Michael, here is your Sabes K moment of the day. Sabes K meaning, do you know that? Mm-hmm. And today we're still focused on Mexico. Thanks to our dear friend Judy for coming up with this one. Mexican Judy. presidents are limited to one single six year presidency. The current president was elected in December 2018, Andres Manuel López Obrador. Um, This is interesting because I don't, I have not heard of this president, the current president, but I do know based on a play that my students would read in my AP course uh, called Nosotros Somos Dios by Wilberto Cantón, focused on the Mexican Revolution that, uh, well, part of it took place in 1912. And this was against a guy named Porfirio Diaz, who ended up 
somehow successfully managing to have six back-to-back. Six or seven. Judy, would you check that? Porfirio Diaz, how many terms did he have? Uh, he just had back-to-back terms. And then Mexico, when they kind of revolted against this, said we're doing one single six-year presidency that you Whoa. can have. Different than the states, but important to know. And Michael... Judy says seven. Seven terms? Yes. Yeah, Good gosh, yeah. It was... The early 20th century in Mexico is, it has its moments, its ups and downs. Um, Fantastic play. If you're ever interested, Michael, when you get super fluent, Nosotros Somos Dios, We Are God. Um, Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal play. But, Michael, do you know the kind of flub that the Democratic candidates had in an interview this year? about the Mexican president. No. Interesting. Judy, do you want to chime in? I'm not being, I'm not on mic. She's not on mic. That's do okay. you know? I know. And she also doesn't know. Oh, well, Judy and I were talking as we prep for this episode about an interview no, that was not. on Telemundo. Come on the mic. Yeah, Judy, oh. join us. Come on the mic. No. She says no, but come on the mic. Come on the mic, Just that the, Judy. The Democratic candidate didn't know the name of the Mexican. You're right. I want to say there were two Dem- Democratic candidates in an interview that were asked who the president of Mexico was, and neither of them knew the name, which makes wow. sense a little bit for citizens if we are if we don't know the Mexican president. However, if you are the Democratic candidate in a primary and you don't Boy. know the president of Mexico, our neighboring country. A little bit disconcerting, just a scotch. At the same time, I would argue that citizens, we should all know the uh, leadership in both Mexico and Canada as they neighbor the USA. So yeah, that's your Sabes K for the week. Miguel, thoughts? Yes. Um, yeah, lots of thoughts. And, and it's weird because... Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to be careful of how much I try to process this in English because I don't want to to weigh it down yeah. with English, you know. So I'm I'm really just trying to let it let it take its course, but I need to just put more work in, honestly. So this was a good episode to learn that. I love it. I am one grateful that you are willing to learn. Two, grateful to all of you guys that are listening. Uh, whether it's two people or 200 people, it really does uh, give us the excitement to keep keep doing this. So thank you guys for listening and tracking with us. And uh, if you are not, you can follow us on Instagram at I Failed Spanish. As we kind of progress through the series, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of exciting, interactive product projects and challenges uh, that you guys have already seen. So. Also, join our email list. Follow the link that's in the bio on our Instagram page at Spanish. And even if you didn't fail Spanish, that's okay. Join us on this exciting journey. Adios, Michael. Hasta luego. And we will talk soon. Ciao. Ayuda is produced by Rock Rising. Follow us on Instagram at Spanish to learn along with us. Adios. Hasta luego. Hasta pronto. Hasta mañana. Ciao.